another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move. Where would I go? Fire! Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hey, I'm Philip, and welcome to Trial by Stone. This is episode one of the podcast. What's it for? Hmm? Hmm? Is that what you want to know? You want to know what this is all about? Is that it, Gelflin? You don't know? The aim of this podcast is to talk about anything to do with the Dark Crystal. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and am inspired by the indie cast, Digital Cinema Cafe, This Isn't the Podcast You're Looking For, and many others to consider making a podcast. As a fan of the Dark Crystal, I searched on the internet to see if there was any Dark Crystal podcasts out there. But then I realised that there wasn't any. So, because of that, I decided to take on the challenge myself to produce a show of that calibre and hope that you, the audience, would enjoy listening to just as much as I have making it. Now let's begin with checking out news and headlines this month. And begin all the same big change. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Crystal bats fly! Search the land! Search the water! Search the sky! The official Dark Crystal website has been running several competitions since its launch last year, and which has been really exciting to see new developments for the Dark Crystal franchise. The first contest, AuthorQuest, allowed anyone out there to submit a story taking place before the events of the film, and that the winner would be able to turn their submission into a Dark Crystal novel. Unfortunately, they were only allowing entries from North America and the UK, and because I'm from Australia, I was excluded, but if I could have had the chance, I would have had a crack at it. I've read the winning short story, which you can get as an ebook compilation of the five top stories, and it was a great read. It made me realise that I wouldn't have the chance even if I had entered. I was very fortunate to get in contact with J.M. Lee, and he has kindly allowed me to interview him for the podcast later on in this episode. The second contest was a t-shirt design contest through the company Threadless. The winning design by Martin Knight has been released, and you can buy it now from the website threadless.com. Once on the website, search Dark Crystal Dreams. This design features Jen and Kira looking at the Castle of the Crystal. I really like this design because it doesn't just feel like I'm wearing pop culture. It's subtle, and I like how it depicts the journey Jen and Kira has to take to get to the castle in the film. The contest currently running is the Create a Dark Crystal Creature. To enter, one would have to build a new creature that would fit into the world of Thra. The prize is a trip to New York to attend a screening of The Dark Crystal at Puppets on Film's opening night in October. It also includes a party with the chance to meet Brian Froud, the conceptual designer of the film, Wendy Froud, the creature designer on Jen and Kira, Cheryl Henson, the president of the Jim Henson Foundation, and author J.M. Lee, the winner of the previous mentioned AuthorQuest. Entries close on September the 1st, so if you haven't started yet and want the chance to win, get cracking now. See what I did there? 
For more details, check out the website at darkcrystal.com. As much as I would love to create a creature, I just don't have the skills to create a puppet, a marquette, or sculpture. However, I'm more excited about the next upcoming competition. There is going to be the Dark Crystal Fan Film Competition. The only information that there is about it is the following from their website. We know our fans cosplay, build creatures, and write new scenes for the Dark Crystal, and we want to give you a chance to show off your talents. Next year we will be requesting submissions of your fan films for a chance to win another amazing prize. Stay tuned for more details. As a filmmaker, this is a contest that I will very likely attempt at entering to. Though, I'm just thinking about how I'll be able to pull it off without breaking the bank. I will be anticipating the launch of the contest with great interest. Now, I realise I haven't properly introduced myself. My name is Philip, and I live in Australia. Melbourne to be specific, and my love for the Dark Crystal began as a kid in the 90s watching it countless times on good old VHS. My biggest memory from watching it when I was a kid was all the feelings and emotions I felt. I was terrified of the Skeksis, the Gartham, and even Olgra. And I was sad when Jen's master died and when Kira got stabbed by the Skeksis towards the end of the film. The thing I loved most about it all was how real it felt to me, in a way that Thra could have been Earth tens of thousands of years ago. The hard thing about watching a beloved childhood film is that it usually doesn't live up to the standards you, you hold dear, but for me it, it isn't the case with The Dark Crystal. While I'm not afraid of the Skeksis, Agartham and Olgra, I've come to really appreciate the creativity of it all that Jim Henson and the crew of The Dark Crystal brought to life. I'd love to hear other fans' stories of how they got into The Dark Crystal and what you appreciate about it. My first guest for the show is J.M. Lee. He is an author and illustrator, and Joe is the winner of The Author Quest. His story, Shadows of the Dark Crystal, is set before the events of the film. The short story, along with four other submissions from different authors, is available now as an ebook called Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal Author Quest. Joe is currently writing the full manuscript, and I can't wait to read the novel when it's released. Now let's go to the Podling Village and chat with Joe about his story and passion for the Dark Crystal. G'day Joe, and thanks for being part of the first episode of Trial by Stone. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's been a fun ride so far, and I'm just... It's fun, I don't know. <laughs> I've never been here before for... For my writing so that's kind of exciting oh well, by the way i should say uh, congratulations on winning the author quest thank you thanks and uh, i guess like, i was wondering like, how, how did you uh, found out about the author quest my agent actually forwarded me the website call for manuscripts so I, I and i'm so thankful to her too because I, I don't think i actually would have probably noticed that it was going on unless she had forwarded that to me and i just there are so many people now after the the contest winners have been announced who have been saying, you know, oh shoot, I wish I could have, I wish I could have entered, but I didn't even know what had happened. So I just feel really lucky that, that I've got people out there looking out for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even for myself, I think when I first heard about the author quest, like I was, I was somewhat interested. I mean, I'm not a, uh, like a, you know, a writer per se, but I was sort of, you know, interested in participating in it. But 
Uh, I guess unfortunate at the time with the rules and stuff that um, they're only accepting um, entries from the US and all that kind of stuff, which I can understand because I think um, different rules apply internationally. But um, but I'm really hoping to see you know what happens with the future contests, um, especially the uh, the fan film competition um, in particular. Sort of yeah. uh, that's sort of my my alley. So with the whole filmmaking, so that's something I'd definitely would yeah definitely attempt to uh, oh sure have a crack at yeah definitely yeah. Yeah, it's fun seeing all of the different types of, uh, I don't know if they originally planned all these different contests and then decided to roll them out one at a time, or if maybe they had one and then they're like, wow, that was really fun, you know, we should do this one and we should do this one, but it's really getting people excited about the franchise again, which is really great, and it's it's exciting to be part of it. It is great to see uh, the Dark Crystal sort of being uh, brought back, um, you know, not only with um, the stories that have come up the past couple of years, uh, the, the manga uh, comic and uh, creation myths, but also the, the launch of the uh, the website as well, uh, yeah. which is um, fantastic. And um, yeah, no, I'm very, very, I'm very interested about what, what, what the future holds for the Dark Crystal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So y- your winning entry uh, short story is called Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Uh, just for the audience who haven't had a chance to read it, uh, can, you, can you just send, uh, say what your synopsis is about? Yeah, sure. So uh, my story um, is about it's a young Dren- or a, well, she's a young Gelfling girl uh, from a really remote Gelfling clan, and uh, it all takes place back before you know before anybody knew the Skeksis were bad or that they were draining Gelfling of their essence. And uh, her clan kind of hears about some strange goings on, and her brother goes missing, and she kind of goes on a quest initially just to find her brother, and then she uh, ends up finding more than she expected. So. That's kind of the premise, and uh, it's it's changed a little bit here and there since the the short story um, in the ebook compilation. But it's more or less the same sort of uh, duck out of water, you know, person from a very far away place comes, you know, more into uh, like the regular Gelfling population, I guess, to kind of experience it for the first time, just as the readers experiencing this kind of new rebooted Dark Crystal world for the first time. Okay, so you mentioned that there was um, like some changes that was made from what you submitted to the actual ebook publication. Were, were the changes like just very minor, or um, they're pretty minor? I mean, I unlike a lot of other people who who submitted full novels or at least wrote the full novel before picking out their submission, I had only written the introduction. Um, because I was pretty aware that it was very likely that, you know, things always change between the first draft and I didn't want to lock anything in that might, you know, be, that either couldn't benefit from um, feedback from Jim Henson Company or from Grasset and Dunlap or, you know. So as far as the changes go, yeah, I would say in the big picture, they're pretty, pretty minor. Um, but actually in all the changes that we've decided to kind of move forward with have definitely made the story um, more interesting and better than I probably could have uh, come up with originally on my own. So it's been it's been a really exp- um, really exciting experience. The one change I probably uh, noticed as well, you know, the title um, originally was called The Ring of Dreams, and for the ebook publication, yep. it was uh, changed to Shadows of the Dark Crystal. Well, without trying to spoil too much of it, I'll say that um, originally The Ring of Dreams, the title kind of referred to the the Gelfling coming together. Um, at the very end of the Galfling gathering to build the Wall of the Prophecy, which is the kind of the prophecy that, that Kira and Jen find in the, the film The Dark Crystal. And the scope of the plot changed a little bit. So 
it wasn't really an appropriate end point for the first novel. So we decided to go with something a little bit more um, mysterious and something also I wanted to kind of fold the dark crystal in there as well, just so that anybody maybe passing by who saw it would be like, oh, you know, what, what's this book about? Oh, it's the dark crystal. You know, it has the dark crystal in the title. So is that just safe to say that might be potentially what the title of of your no- novel will be called or? <laughs> I think so. I'm not actually totally sure. So I can't really speak, you know, um, to that with, with great confidence, but for now that's the working title. Yeah. What was the writing process um, when it came to, you know, writing down the story for, to enter for the author quest? Um, what were some of the challenges that you went through uh, with the writing um, process? Sure. So I'm a, I'm an outliner. I really, really, um, spend a lot of time when I'm writing, building up the story from beginning to end. So I kind of outlined the basic premise of the story so that I kind of knew what my projection was when I wrote the first part. And I think maybe one of the most difficult parts was trying to guess what kind of a story the judges were looking for, you know, and trying to make sure that the beginning of the story serviced all of those um not requirements necessarily, but you're trying to like, you're kind of stabbing in the dark. You're trying to guess what people are, are wanting out of this book. And not only do you not know what it is, but you, you know that in the, the first, you know, three chapters of your novel, you're not necessarily going to be able to show everything that these people want to see, even if it would be later on in the book. So just trying to indicate or foreshadow that maybe one particular scene that's going to be really great, but it won't happen until the end of the book. Kind of trying to like foreshadow that it's going that way, but without having to put it in the beginning and pace yourself in order to show that you're telling a good story, but that you, you know, you kind of have your hands tied in a way because you can't actually show them the entire novel, you know? So I don't know if that makes sense, but I guess the pacing and just trying to decide what to show, what not to show was, was very difficult. From the author quest, um, it, they supplied with a, um, a Gelfling gathering uh, PDF document that sort of outlined a lot of things about uh, what they had in mind, I guess, you know, all the characters and all the clans and stuff. Was, was those resources actually um, useful um, to you as part of the writing process? Yeah, I, I did find them pretty useful because even if you, you know, read all of the manga and watch the movie a million times, there's always this extra stuff. And I also found that the... Um, that document and like the online encyclopedia, there was a lot of stuff in there that wasn't in the movie or wasn't in, you know, the manga or the graphic novels. But the fact that they had included it in that PDF made it kind of clear that that was something they were interested in seeing, you know, in, in an eventual story. There was a lot of like characters introduced who their descriptions in the, in the, on the website might've been kind of vague, but it's like, oh, so you want there to be this character, but, you know, <laughs> what What does this character do? Or why Why would you write about this character? Am I supposed to, you know, so, so it's kind of like a guessing game in a way. But yeah, there was a lot of information in there that, um, you know, kind of gave me ideas or inspired me to think about maybe a, a plot point that, that maybe I wouldn't have thought of just by watching the film. And I guess, like, um, in particular with your story, um, like, it's based on um, uh, members of the Drenchen clan. Right. Um, and and then following on to the uh, the Spriden clan, um, ha, ha, what was your decision-making to um, to tell a story uh, based on, well, mainly on the Drenchen clan uh, for your story? I guess when I was first reading on the website, 
about the different clans of Gelfling, the Drenchen really stuck out to me at first because they're just kind of the underdogs in a way. Like, they're kind of the black sheep of the Gelfling clans. It's kind of sort of everybody else has, like, you know, beautiful, long, flowing hair, or they're very majestic, or they have these, you know, amazing technologies or whatever. And then the Drenchen are just, like, they're the swamp ones, like, you know, and I, <laughs> they're like the, the Kermit the frogs of um, <laughs> the dark crystal. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, you know, I could, I don't know. I wanted to, first of all, I like writing for kind of the black sheep. I think a lot of people relate to that character, someone who kind of maybe, you know, their people are kind of looked down upon a little bit and they get to really prove themselves and show, you know, what they're made of. And I also thought that in terms of introducing readers to this kind of new way of seeing Thra, I thought taking someone who was kind of um, from a remote area and maybe hadn't seen Thra herself would be a natural way of kind of reintroducing people to a place that is, it's the Thra that they know, but it's from, you know, it's a, it's way different too. So I thought it'd be a good narrative device as well. Yeah. And um, I mean, like for myself um, as a reader, like I really um, did enjoy your story. Thank you. I guess the other thing I'm really interested in the whole, um, you know, writing the short stories um, and all that. When you're, when you like writing songs, do, do you have the music in your head or do you just um, sort of, you know, you write down the words and sort of leave that music part, you know, for in- interpretation? Well, for me, I'm not really a musician. Um, so for me, it's more about poetry, I guess, in a way. But I mean, um, I would hope that maybe someday, you know, someone could come in and, and make music that would go with the lyrics. But yeah, I suppose that for me, I'm more thinking about it from like a, from a, a poetry type of perspective, because that's more what I'm familiar with. So yeah. And, and also, I mean, the mu- music is a huge, huge part of kind of the Gelfling um, lore, they're all about, you know, their stories are called song, their storytellers are called song tellers. And I kind of get the impression that their entire history is kind of an oral history told through um, songs and, and stories, which is, I, I love the concept. And one of the characters, if you've read the story, Kylan is going to be, he's going to go from being kind of an awkward, you know, kind of apprentice type of character to really coming into his own as a song teller. So that's definitely something that you'll see more of in the, in the final manuscript. Uh, I do like the, the whole music and even like, I guess, talking about music. Um, I mean, yeah, the Gelflings are known for, for the, you know, playing the, you know, the, wooden wood instruments or um you know or Kira who was singing throughout the film so they do have like a big you know music um presence um in the dark crystal overall um and also just the soundtrack itself is it's amazing um, Trevor Jones yeah it's it's just epic like you know I mean the dark crystal like yes it's like a children's film but the score does not have that children's film feel to it at all no not at all it's, it's, yeah, it's very well. And like, if you listen to a lot of the really complicated work that went into the score kind of near the end, especially when all of the, like the big stuff at the, the castle, the crystal is happening. And even the chants that the, uh, the mystics do are really intense. Actually, if you ever just like stop watching it and just listen to it, you wouldn't even necessarily know you're watching a movie about, you know, <laughs> puppets. <laughs> so uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about uh, the film. Like, I mean, uh, as a kid, like, um, there's just so many films that you know lose my uh, suspension of disbelief. And there's a couple of films that do that, like Star Wars and 
um, a couple other you know other films. But I think the Dark Crystal was probably the big the big one that sort of you know I, I I I can every time you know even when I watch it today I can still lose my suspension of disbelief being that really young young kid watching the film on VHS. Yeah, well, and as a kid, I remember watching and being like, these are puppets, like in the beginning, <laughs> you know, but by the time you get to the end, it, you've totally forgotten it. You're totally just immersed in it. And yeah, that was, that was, it is definitely, it's definitely an experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I, I guess like, like, and there'd be moments where like, I just can't believe that it's puppets. Um, Yeah. Like, I, I mean, for example, like every time I see like a, like at the start of the film and you see Jen running towards his master and just those wide shots and you just see him running just or him like you know starting his journey just those wide shots you know it's like you don't see any strings or anything like that right yeah I mean I mean obviously like you know there was you know stunt people you know inside the costume but you know you, you still believe that they will yeah yeah it's edited really well I mean the whole thing is just done so even like people compare it to the labyrinth and you know people have asked me a lot about like what are your feelings on the labyrinth because after they find out with our crystal thing you know and i mean the labyrinth is amazing but one thing i have to say with our crystal is you know there are no there's no people there's no humans and i think that's one of the things about the dark crystal that makes it really special is that you're just completely at the mercy of these completely fantastical creatures with not not really i mean even the gelfling are like human-like but they're not supposed to be like little people, you know? So that's, it's definitely unique. I didn't really um, get introduced to the film till probably about maybe probably five or six years ago, just watching, I'm watching on DVD. So I never like grew up with Labyrinth. For me, it was always the dark crystal the whole time. Oh, sure. And um, like watching the Labyrinth, like um, I I do appreciate for what it is, but um, like you said, you know, um, with the dark crystal, there's, there's no human actors or anything like that so it's like you could easily yeah like fall into yeah. that world whereas with labyrinth it's it's kind of a bit hard in that respect yeah right it's a little bit more like um almost wizard of oz like where you know you're in the normal world and then you fall into this fantasy world which is what the story is trying to tell but yeah dark crystal just completely removes you from any any point of earth reference really <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, except I guess the interesting uh, about I guess with Thrice, almost like an anagram of Earth in a right. way. Right. And I guess, and I like my interpretation of that could be um, that, for example, that the Dark Crystal could have been something that could have really happened in Earth, like tens of thousands of you know, or millions of years ago, kind of thing. Um, or in the future. <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh god <laughs> how did you um discover the dark crystal for the first time um my dad actually is the one who rented it on vhs and made me watch it because he thought it was the greatest thing in the world and of course the first time i saw it I was absolutely terrified of it i had nightmares about big black beetles crashing through my bedroom walls and taking me away <laughs> the skexies and you know i think i think most kids because i was so I was born in 84, so I was young when I first watched the film, which came out in 82. And um, then, once I had seen it a couple times, I got really attached to the idea that I could scare my friends with it. So then I got, you know, it became like kind of an endearing film. I really, really loved it because I'd show my friends and they'd be like, oh my God, what is this? You know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been around since I was a child. And it's it's one of those things that kind of, 
as I grew up, I kind of forgot about, you know, it like was never, I was never, um, I, it's not like I watched it every year or something like that, but it was interesting because it's always been kind of in the back of my mind, like, you know, you'll be wanting to, I want to watch a movie tonight, you know, what do you want to watch? And then suddenly it's like, let's watch The Dark Crystal, you know, and then you dig out the old the old cassette tape and put it in and you just fall back into the world again. So when the, the contest got announced, I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to get back into, you know, I'm going to have a trip down memory lane and, you know, do it. So it was a long, long time coming, I guess. Because, I mean, I, I discovered The Dark Crystal, um, on uh, VHS that my parents had. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was just one of those films as a young kid, I, I would watch it, you know, over and over and over again. It was that and Star Wars were the films I kept watching a lot, just repetitively. Sure. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, you know, really fall into that world. And, um, and yeah, like, I mean, sort of really into it in primary school and then sort of high school, sort of, you know, uh, you know, not lost interest, but just, yeah, didn't, you know, sort of, it disappeared away from me for a bit. Um, and then it wasn't really till yeah, the past couple of years of just the recent developments with the dark crystal. Um, yeah, with all yeah. these, uh, stories being told and with yourself, you know, contributing to, uh, to the canon of the dark crystal. How, how do you feel about that? I feel totally like I'm still kind of in shock, honestly. Like it's people keep asking me, you know, how, how's it going? How's it? I'm like, Oh, you know, it's going and writing. I'm just, I don't really think about it. And then I kind of realize like I'm part of the family now. It's, it's totally weird. It's totally weird. You should, you should enter the film. You should do some, you should get into those contests too. I mean, like they're out there, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, like thinking about the fan film, I'm just like, uh, how am I going to do it, you know, on a low budget without breaking the bank. That's yeah. That's 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 the only thing I'm really thinking of with, with, with the film. Um, did you have a do you have a favorite scene or and um and character from the film? Jeez, yeah. Well, I mean, well, Kira's my favorite. I think she is so. She is such a different character from Jen that their contract. I mean, obviously, there's only two Gelfling, right? So they had to. <laughs> they couldn't be the same, but um. Yeah, no, my favorite scene is definitely the one where they are, uh, they're, they're really near the, the castle of the crystal and, um, they get attacked by the Garthrim and, and then they jump and they're kind of jumping off this cliff and then Kira's wings come out. Spoilers if you haven't seen the film, I guess, by now. But, uh, I just love that scene because it's just so surprising. Like, it's like out of, you're like, oh God, what are they going to do? They're going to fall. They're going to fall in some water or something. I don't know. And then suddenly she has wings and it just, I think... As far as kind of, it's just a, a an example of how there's so much going on behind the scenes of the Dark Crystal that isn't even mentioned. You know what I mean? Like, there's at no point where Jen is like, oh, I've heard girl gelflings have wings. Like, it's not even mentioned until it happens. And it's so surprising and wonderful. It's just a great, great moment. So I would say that's probably my favorite scene. I, I, I do remember um, there was actually a screening for the Dark Crystal in Melbourne uh, about a couple of months ago, they, ha- they actually had a week-long um, screening for um, the Dark Crystal. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. And um, I, I went on, I think it was like the second last day um, of the week that they had screening. That, that, that did get a lot of laughs. Um, flying down with the wings, it's like... I don't have wings. Of course not. You're a boy. 
you know, I don't have wings. You're a boy. <laughs> of course not. You're a You're boy. You're a boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Yeah. They did get a lot of laughs with that one. And also, I guess uh, the Chamberlain's yeah. um, whimperings <laughs> that he makes throughout the film, like, Ooh. I hate your whimper. Ooh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the scene where they, uh, after he loses the, the trial by stone and they tear off all of his robes, that terrified me as a kid. And it even, like, I watched it again many times to get ready for this manuscript. And every time I was just like, oh, God, this is a terrible scene. Like, wow, they're going there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess that's where I got the name of um, the podcast yeah. Trial by Stone is. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> from, from, the, from the scene. Um, yeah, I mean, which is definitely, yeah, one of my favorite scenes. Um, yeah. I just love the back and forth of the oh, yeah. swords clashing um, the stone and sort of the outcome of it all um and um but i but i mean if i did have another favorite scene um my favorite scene would have to be uh, sort of when jen is entering um Olga's observatory and sort of you know before he enters you know he's in this like kind of like this dark cave yeah and um i actually remember like because watching on vhs all, all you saw was nothing but black right yeah no um, i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, so it's like all you all you heard was Jen talking, and you know he's just like, "What am I doing here?" or or whatnot. And then and then once um, the doors reveal to see yeah. Ogre's observatory, it's like mind. I don't know. To me, it was just like a mind blowing kind of moment. Um, you know, uh, for for you know for that. Um, so that would be yeah, definitely one of my uh, favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think actually the scene that you're talking about is right after like he's like one of the things I love about Jen is that he has this kind of almost like teenage boy like real life human kind of personality sometimes like he's walking through the forest and then those like tentacle bushes like roll away from him and he's like well that's weird <laughs> like it just sounds like something yeah. you'd, like <laughs> be posting on Twitter or something like that sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> So basically, yeah, you've started like writing with the um, the the manuscript. Is it going to be like a a like an expansion or continuation based on your short story, or is it going to be something a little bit different? It will be the same story as the excerpt, more or less. So, yeah, I think some people wrote short stories and then maybe planned to write a completely different novel later. But the what the what what you see in the the Dark Crystal special ebook anthology is essentially um, the beginning of of my story. So it's it's pretty much it's. I mean, some changes have been made, but overall, it's uh, it's it's the same idea. Yeah, like when I was reading the um, the story and just sort of got to the end, I'm just like, oh, I just want to know more. Of this what happens next in the story? So no, no, I'm I'm, I'm glad that yeah. yeah, like it's just yeah, like um, oh good that I, I guess the first like couple of chapters it's sort of like a first couple of chapters of your of your upcoming um novel um so no no so i'm very very excited <laughs> um but yeah oh good i'm glad you're excited so out of your story um from the ebook special um do you have a do you have a favorite of any of the other um in- entries yeah actually i really enjoyed nancy gray's um when i was reading hers i was like man i might have some con- competition here i i think she took it I'm a, I'm a sucker for pirates and, and sailing and she had both of kind of that, that whole vibe going on in hers. And it was really exciting because it was so different from mine as well. So, um, I would say probably that was, that's the one that kind of stuck out the most to me where I was like, oh, I gotta watch out for this lady. 
So how can people find you? I've got a personal website at joeyverse.com and I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. So I'm an illustrator as well. So um, most of, you'll see like a, a mix of illustrative work that I do and as well as my writing updates and other non-Dark Crystal projects that I'm working on. Thanks for uh, joining up on the show and um, hope to speak to you next time. No, thanks for having me. Take care. You've already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time. Time to return to the castle. The crystal calls! To the crystal Well, that's all the time I have for this month's Trial by Stone. Big thanks to you all for listening to the first episode of the show. Special thanks to J.M. Lee for being the first guest and to Shannon for assisting me with behind the scenes. If you want to contact myself about the show, send me an email at trialbystonepodcasts at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash trialbystonepodcast or on Twitter at trialbystonepod. If you enjoyed the show and think that others would like it too, then please write a review on iTunes and help other Dark Crystal fans find out about the podcast. The more reviews there are, the more new listeners find out about Trial by Stone. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and come back for the next episode of Trial by Stone.